From the pages of the Salt Lake Tribune, straight to your earphones, this is Tribune Sports Radio. And uh, Syracuse is a, a nothing. orange. Yeah. It's an orange school. It's a fruit. It's a fruit. Yeah. Although the uh, one of the big shirts at Syracuse is real schools aren't fruits. <laughs> but, yeah. So I'm right. gonna I'm gonna plead ignorance. Is that Monet Davis, that little league pitcher? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Seriously, little league. Pitcher. I thought it was a top fourteen. Story sport. of the year, hands down, happened yesterday. With the BYU Let's fight. Oh yeah. We've been rolling for a minute and a half. I have to edit out the F bomb you threw. Uh, well, you, you've <laughs> got to let me know when that happens. <laughs> All right. Welcome to episode 32 of the Salt Lake uh, Trib Sports Radio. I'm your host, Ben Raskin. With us is uh, my big my big buddy, good pal, Raskin, new friend of the year, 2013, Kevin Winter Morris. How are you doing, Kev? I don't believe that I won the award in 2013. Yeah, you did. I'm pretty sure that was Kyle Goon. No, Kyle Goon won in 2012. Okay. I got a Kyle Goon story from yesterday. Jesus, my Lord. <laughs> and also, let's get to the rest of the panelists. Uh, I guess uh, the kissing cousin of uh, stringers here in Salt Lake City, uh, Tre- Trevor Phillips. How you doing, buddy? Trevor Fibbs, though. Fibbs. F- Phillips is is an insult to start the start the show. There, uh, Trevor. Let me. Uh, I'm going to let you in on a little secret about Benny. Okay. He, well, he always mispronounces my name as well. Um, he also he has some <laughs> trouble with names. Um, if you if you want to get him going. Let's just talk about South Severe. North Severe. Uh, severe. 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 Um, severe. Manti. Manti. Oh, yeah. I, got, I mean, any so of those. Well, it screwed me for the first couple of years here in Utah. Hurricane. We could go down to Hurricane High School. <laughs> I yeah. was admittedly a little bad on that one. Yeah. And yeah. And I've mispronounced your name on purpose now for three and a half years. I believe that that is a lie. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Kevin Trevor, Morris Winters. Well, it's good to be on, even though Ben's now on the naughty list. Yeah, yes. I, I feel like I'm on the naughty list. <laughs> we were. Uh, let me tell you the. Let me, oh, my lord, let me tell you this Cal uh, Goon story really, really fast. Just for anyone who doesn't know about Utah Beats writer Cal Goon and how dedicated he is to uh, both the Tribune, covering the Utes, and participating as a journalist, a working journalist in the state of Utah, it could all be summarized from yesterday when he called me out of the blue to move a couch. And uh, he had to make practice up at the University of Utah for their basketball. And so he goes, I've got this window. It's from 2 o'clock to 2.45. And this was obviously yesterday on Monday. Well, for those of us living in Salt Lake City, what happened between the hours of 2 and 2.45? The Miami Beach Bowl. No, no, we can, we'll get to the Beach Bowl in a second. Okay, I, I don't know We had know where probably going. the worst hailstorm I've ever seen in my entire life here in Salt Lake. Um, was I indoors I, or something? Yeah, I must have missed that. Oh, it was it was coming down in really? sheets up in the Abbey. I swear, I swear to goodness, they were coming down. It did not the, do anything no. in Sandy. It or, was completely great weather down in Sandy. <laughs> or at the Tribune. <laughs> well, it really was. You know, Kyle, because I'm sure, sure. Kyle's going to listen. But anyway, between this 45 minute window, where it's the only time we can move this new couch that he's acquired, which is, if I may say, a felt couch. You know, like a velvety felt couch, which does not do well with liquids. Right. We're moving the couch outside. This, uh, the hailstorm starts. He looks at me and goes, what do you think we should do? I go, I think we should get a tarp. He goes, I think we can get it there in time. And the time it took to drive three blocks, the bed of the truck was filled with so much slushy. It was like we went to a Sonic Burger, you know, <laughs> to get a drink. Anyway, so by the time we get to couch inside of his house, we're basically pulling off Frosty the Snowman from the seat cushions. The thing went from being a bright red, velvety, gorgeous couch to this off-maroon, blackened thingamajigger. And the reason why he did it, he needed to file a block. So w- was it a new couch or new to Kyle? N- new to Kyle. Okay. You know? So it isn't like he went out and dropped no. $100 no, 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 no. In, no, no, no. They, they don't pay journalists that much, much money. It, huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, but after the Kyle Goon couch meeting story, I think the BYU game yesterday was absolutely. Was the number two most important thing that happened yesterday? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay. The uh, sad part is it was such a great game that it was. was just marred by a brawl. I mean, yeah. back and forth, uh, the three turnovers to, to bring BYU back yeah. was incredible to watch. And it was, uh, you know, deep, you thought going into that game that both the defenses would kind of dominate, mm-hmm. but it w- wasn't the case. But. Obviously, the, the talk is about the fight. Yeah. Which and, and it was, I mean, that was not just pushing and shoving. That was a hard That was a brawl. brawl. That was a brawl. Yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, Aaron Falk tweeted out, he said, that the interesting about sports is if you did that 
anywhere else, you'd be spending spending the night Ooh, in the yeah. hole. So you wonder why yeah. in sports, why you don't get those assault charges when it is a full-on fight like that. Right. I, it, it's interesting to yeah. think about. It, it, it's something, you know, I mean, uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of hockey. And the fact that there is that fighting – is essentially allowed in hockey. All right, you get a five-minute It's institutionalized penalty. in hockey. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. If, if you went and you started throwing punches like that at anyone and in any other circumstance, you're right. You're you're in jail for them at least the night. At least. Yeah. It, it's just silly. And, you know, the it you, you look at what happened during that brawl yesterday and the Memphis kid swinging his helmet at someone, mm-hmm. you know, if he hits a guy in the side of the head without a helmet on, that guy very well could be done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. You can't. You have to classify that as a weapon. Yeah. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's really lucky. I mean, he hit the guy in the back, you know, it, kind of the back, at, yeah. the, the middle of the shoulder blades. He, he hit a guy in the head. What are you thinking? Like, what, what's going through your head where you go, oh, I've got a helmet in my hand. I'm going to swing this. Like, come on. Yeah. And, and, the, and the thing, too, is you know that guy wasn't even playing. Right. He, right. he was on the bench and anything. And yeah. I'm not saying, you know, you, you can fight if you're playing. But somebody that's not even involved in the game, so you don't right. have that emotional tension. Right. That you haven't been battling the whole game. Right. Why is he coming in off the bench and swinging his helmet? Yeah. Yep. Well, they get these guys so jacked up, even before they, as they're getting ready to walk out the tunnel. You know, you put them through a game that goes back and forth and, and, and finishes up in an overtime. Why would you not be expected the emotions would be turned off like a light switch? You know, it's like yeah, it's uh, it's hard. I mean, we're talking about twenty-one to twenty-four-year-old kids somewhere in that neighborhood at the at the very high end and stuff yeah. like that. These are jacked-up young men, pumped full of adrenaline. The, the BYUs have got to be crestfallen that they have lost. They saw the insult to them celebrating too close to their sidelines, which was a huge mistake on Memphis's part, well, and a huge part well, with the coaches. That's a too. backlash at playing at Marlins Park. Yeah, exactly. All the fans were behind BYU, so Memphis yeah, had to go over right. to that that's direction. Right. Point. That's yeah. a fair point. But even so, so obviously some baseball parks aren't designed to host football games. You know, yeah, but all of them. Yeah. yeah. Even this day and era, but I'm—I mean, it's—it's it's horrible to see that. But there is also the part of you when you're watching this at home or you're watching the, the highlights on it. It's going like, "Holy Toledo!" Oh yeah, you know, it, yeah. and it's—and then it's sort of like they really gave a damn during this entire game. Yeah. and you know, even the slight insult could be brought up like that. Yeah. Just for comparison's sake, um, going back to that Miami uh, Florida International brawl in 2006, 2006 30 players were suspended from that game, and three were suspended indefinitely. Yeah. Um, but that was in the middle of the season. So you got to wonder what the repercussions for both teams are going to happen, mm-hmm. um, especially uh, at Brigham Young. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah. What would you do if um, you were the AD down at BYU? Obviously, some, some guys are going to have to be suspended, and they're going to have to look at some of them, especially Kai Nakua. Mm-hmm. And that's just – that's life. Obviously, other guys were throwing haymakers yeah. in there. But yeah. he's the one who got caught. Yeah, he's right. the one who was shown on national television coming up and, and cold-cocking a guy from behind. Um, I think he I think he's going to be looking for a junior college next year. Honestly, yeah. I do. Yeah. I, I think he's done. Yeah, I, and, and I agree. I, Trevor, I agree with you. I, I think when, I, when, you, when you watch it – when I was watching it live, I was like, what are you doing? But then the more I thought about it, and you kind of see some of the other angles of, of what was going on, it, it absolutely 100% was not right what he did. But I could actually almost understand that a little bit more than the, than the kid who was on the bench swinging his helmet, who came, the Memphis kid who swung his helmet. He needs to be done, too. I mean, yeah, and, and that number 97 from Memphis, yeah. who, who kind of, him and, uh, I, what's a BYU center's name? Kihon. Is he yeah. the kid that went down hard? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, those two, that's where it all started. But right. that 97 and the kid swinging his helmet should be done for Memphis. Yeah. There's no question about right. it. At, at BYU is in a horrible position. Um, at any school, obviously, this is going to be an enormous deal, and it's, it's horrible for your school. You don't want it. But BYU, the problem that they have is that is, is honestly, I think it's the honor code, is that you, you, you project this image and you say that you – Hold yourselves to this higher standard, and that's a great thing. Um, in some ways, it, it's great to have high expectations. The problem is, is that now there have to be repercussions because of that, and you can't just you can't just let this go. And so, you know, Benny, you asked Trevor, well, if you were the AD, what would you do? Man, I wouldn't I wouldn't want Tom Holmel's job for anything right now, yeah. because 
how, how do you balance that where you have kids who make mistakes and they are jacked up on adrenaline and you have to understand that but at the same time you preach about holding people to a higher your athletes to a higher standard all your students to a higher standard where does that where does that where is that line how do you how do you meld those two together i don't know because no, and unfortunately, it was horrible, and it made BYU look horrible. And Memphis, too. well, you know, it oh, made, yeah, it made both the both programs look horrible, yeah. horrible on this one. And the problem is that we're looking at a bowl game here, not an actual uh, a scheduled regional game. So they're not going to see each other for one. I mean, arguably, no, well, the, the season's over. Yeah, no, what I'm saying, yeah, yeah. the they'll, next five years right. is BYU and Memphis going to see no, each they'll other? Never, no, they'll, yeah, they'll no, never see each other. No. So there's not, you lose an opportunity, and I hate to use like a cliche, but a teachable moment the next right. year where they get together and they have some sort of come together, a big handshake. Before some kumbaya, or, yeah. kumbaya moment, but that's not going to happen. So right. I agree with you on the BYU uh, honor code part, which is like every, all student athletes should be held to a standard. And these coaches want them to uh, kind of represent the university in the best light, both on and off the field. Here's a moment where, you know, the thing is, is that BYU is really quick to kind of throw it down people's necks that they have this sign code and people who are not even familiar yeah. with the program know it. And so I, I, I agree with you. I don't know what I would do. You know, there's yeah. part of me. Shuck them, you know, and just get start suspending kids, you know, get uh, either junior, you know, like I agree with Trevor, start looking for JCs to play. It, it, the the circumstances and of the game also were just completely stacked against both teams because it was a Monday afternoon game and horrible and, time for a game. It, well, well, there just wasn't much else going on, and so what's going to lead Sports Center? Yeah. It's a brawl because you don't have the night games yet, um, and really they weren't. Like Derrick Rose went crazy in the Bulls game. Yeah. All right, so you could play up that. Peyton Manning stunk against the Bengals, so you can kind of play up that. But after that, it's man, brawl. We got a brawl, and there's good video. If so, it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's and there's plenty of blood there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And um, it was interesting. I actually read um, a story that uh, Jay Drew published earlier this year um, where Bronco was quoted about um, – how his players were a little bit more too aggressive and he was kind of worried about it. And then he said, you know, it's, I'm going to have to review it and, and look back at it. And it's interesting to see if that was a problem yeah. against Connecticut. Yeah. It may have been a problem all year and it was just kind of boiling up to that point. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you have to imagine it is. I mean, I think we've all played organized sports like Kevin, you, even in this rec league hockey stuff, like, you know, uh, a tripping call, even if it's incidental, it's still kind of it, it, it angers you. you yeah. know. And oh, then yeah. and when you're on a really big stage, because I mean, that's the point that you made that I couldn't agree more. It's like could not have picked a worse time for them to do this. Yeah. There was nothing else going on except people talking about Sony releasing the interview at that right. time. Right. You know, and so then you get this massive brawl. Yeah. And of course, you know, I think there's all of us that want to look at the, the remains of a car accident. You know, oh, yeah. we, we want to see this. And then and while it even occurred, there's a part where when I saw it, I'm like, I was glued to the TV for a yeah. second. And uh, and then you're sort of like going, I, it's being mad at myself. We're like cheering for half a second. going like, hey, Cougars, you're taking care of business. But it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like when you really analyze what they had done, it's like, I think it's a, a lack of leadership on the coaching staffs on both teams. Like, uh, Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, there's an element of kids being kids. There is. You know, and. Until you start using a weapon. Memphis kids want to go celebrate with their fans, and both teams are talking trash the whole game. Uh, you know, and a BYU kid pushes them, get away from me, in probably more colorful terms. And then the Memphis kid says, we just kicked your behind and push them back, and then they start throwing helmets. I, I don't I don't think it's a coaching thing. I, I, I don't think I, – like, I don't think Bronco can be held accountable – for it starting, and and then once they start going, I don't know how you end it. I mean, because you've got you got a completely it's all yeah. When the smallest place. guy on both t- uh, teams is, is about my size. Yeah, I you mean, like, you're just you're someone. I someone I guess has to be held accountable, um, but I think it's more the players. But even that, like, it doesn't it, happen all the time. So it's yeah. usually people control it. So what did happen yesterday that? And, and from what I've read about the game, there was a lot of trash talking. But what are you going to do? I, I mean, the officials are going to close your mouth, young man. Stop telling him you're going to hurt his mom. Yeah, that, you know, that goes, like, that's that's the nature of the beast. And, yeah. and just kind of to play yeah. devil's advocate, though, uh, Ben kind of touched on it. In, in the heat of a battle, and you see your teammates getting, getting assaulted. Yeah. yeah. In that type of environment, yeah. they're – Everybody's gonna jump in. Yeah. I mean, that's just. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. If somebody who's not fighting is is actually 
frowned upon in that situation. Right. So right. it's it's such a tricky situation yeah. because you're glad that they're gu- jumping in and protecting the people who need to be protected. Right. But how do you do it differently? Right. I mean, how do you respond right. to something um, rather than throwing punches, maybe right. separate uh, the people who yeah. are already you're, throwing you're, you're punches? You're pulling well, your teammate yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, years ago when I was playing rugby for Nevada, we played San Jose State in a game. And uh, with rugby, it was a big thing. It's like there's this brotherhood between all the guys that would play. And uh, in the second half of the game, a fist fight broke out between us and San Jose. San Jose. And it got, took a few moments for it to get cleared out. But it was about four or five guys brawling, about six or seven guys. I mm-hmm. mean, it was, it was definitely a melee. When it was done, uh, they done the ref called the game right then, and yeah. then he had both coaches lined all of us up, and we ran gassers for about the next ninety minutes, and then <laughs> we did. I mean, it was we did a training session with both teams, and the way the coaches set it up, uh, my coach Ken Hudson, I don't know the coach of the San Jose, but said it was Nevada San Jose, Nevada San Jose, and that you got interlocked between them, and they made us run for like I said ninety straight minutes, and at yeah. the end of it, they go, who wants to finish the game? And at that, it was like every single hand went up. And uh, obviously, anything or any infraction or, you know, a slight that was made, I don't even remember how the fight started, that was gone. Yeah. You know, we just went back to doing it and, you know, went on celebrating, with, you know, with these two teams. And it turned out to be really good for us in a long-term relationship with San Jose State. But they, BYU and Memphis doesn't have this. No. And there's not – and, like, I go back to this. The only teachable moment is this – is what? Don't protect your, protect your friends, uh, protect your teammates. Yeah. I don't know. It's – I think it's a, yeah, like you said, it's a really bad time of the year yeah. for the fight to have happened. Yeah. If it's during the regular season and on a Saturday, there are so many other games going on that the attention that it would have gotten would have been less. Next but to nothing. There was nothing Oh, I still think on. there would have been intention. It, it, I mean, for a brawl, like something of that magnitude, they yeah. still would have. But they wouldn't have <coughs> allotted so much time to it on SportsCenter and all that stuff. Well, we still, but, but there we still, still would have been a lot. We still talk about Pistons and Pacers. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean that, and that was, what, 15 years ago or well, however long? I don't remember how no, long. it isn't that long. But, I mean, it was yeah. a while ago. And, yeah. we, and was, I think a lot of people, they make 30 for 30s about these. You know? uh, Trevor, now you're a Utah grad. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it would be played up as much as it is had it been Utah, not BYU? Do you think? Do you think that the whole um, BYU honor code playing, holding ourselves to a higher standard? Do you think that that's fueling some of it, or do you think it's it's just it was a big brawl? I I I, th- I think it'd be. I think it'd be stupid to say that it's not. Yeah. Um, there's obviously going to be people that are going to they're going to mention the honor code. They're going to mention some of the the uh, the religion that some of the players practice. Right. Um, but I I really have I don't think it has me personally I don't think it has any relevance on the fight. I yeah. just don't. Yeah. But that's the nature of the beast. Right. Is it is right. going to get played up more because of those yeah. those pre-existing. Things that you know about BYU, right? Um, some, you know, a, a kid gets suspended for uh, premarital sex. Mm-hmm. You're going to, you know, compare that to a full-on brawl on the fight. Yeah, uh, a, a brawl on the field, yeah. and you know, it's where where are they going to go with this? But yeah, absolutely, it has something to do with it. Yeah. And I do think that if Utah or two other schools that didn't have have those mm-hmm. stipulations attached to them. Yeah. That it wouldn't be as as crazy it is now, but it is BYU that is owned by the by the church, and right. they're held to a different standard. Right. They are. How much, is, Kevin? Do you know how much they talk about the honor code just in day in day out at BYU? Well, I mean, it, it's you live it. It's it absolutely influences everything, every part of your life at BYU. It it, it affects where you can go on campus and who you know who you can be with, where and. Um, I, it, it's a big, it's a big part of it, and yeah. and I mean, it it's something that, um, if you're, if if that's what you're looking for, BYU is a perfect place for it. But I think a lot of people who practice that religion even say that the honor code's a little bit outdated. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, they they hold students to a much higher degree of responsibility mm. and such a tighter leash than. Uh, the LDS Church preaches yeah. to the yeah. members that practice that religion. I right. mean, no beards, n- none of that stuff. Right. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's it's because it is so strict and so kind of kind of outdated is why yeah. 
people give it such a, a, a bad time. Yeah, it's a bit antiquated, and, you know, and you could say there is some value into these things, like show up to class clean-shaven, looking good, you know, like uh, dressing appropriately, don't be a distraction to your uh, classmates. So, I mean, there's, there's pros to a lot of this. I mean, it's not like you can grow a full Fu Manchu in the Army, you know. It's like you have to have mm-hmm. some guidelines. But it is it – is, it doesn't seem like um, – I don't, I'm not saying it's game on when the game is on, but it just seems like how do you, I, I think people's energies and angers and you know just emotions come out so intently mm-hmm. at the end of at the end of the, the Memphis game. It's like I, I'm not surprised it happened. I'm disappointed it did for both teams, but yeah. not surprised. No, and I, the the only school that I can think of um, offhand that I think it would be close as if it was Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Yeah. That, you know, if Memphis and, and Notre Dame were to brawl, that I think you – I although I do think I, Notre Dame has a higher national profile than BYU, I think. Um, but I think that there you would get into – then it becomes, again, kind of a moral argument. All these mm. crazy Catholics and um, – the, you know, there there are other religious institutions, obviously, but yeah. BYU and Notre Dame are the ones it, that kind you of the think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I, I just, you know, yeah, Boston College is a mm-hmm. Catholic school too, but like Boston College, I'd be like, man, yeah, Boston College, it's yeah. TCU or SMU or right. something did right. it. You know, and yeah. you're not going to think much of it. Right. That's. I guess the lesson learned here is basically just don't – Marlins shouldn't be hosting football games. Or well, fight with your helmet yeah, on. Or, yeah, right. definitely yeah, fight with your helmet on. If you're going into a fight, keep your helmet on. I yeah. mean, that's just common sense. <laughs> I, I've, I've, any, any sporting event I've ever been involved in, I've often told my teammates, look, if you guys get into a brawl, I'm staying on the bench. I do, 100%, I do not have your back. All right? Do not expect me to come bail you out. I, if I was a baseball player, I would be the guy. Let's say I was a relief pitcher, right? Uh-huh. You know how there, a brawl starts and the guys come running in from the bullpen? I'd be the guy who intentionally trips over the mound in the bullpen. It's like, oh, sorry, man. I, I was there. I would have been there. I would – there is no way that I would. I'm the guy running out to the field and basically open field tackling Don Zimmerman. That's the guy I'm going after. Don Zimmer? Yeah, the guy. Yeah, so you're going to throw a 70-year-old man to the ground by his head? Yes. Okay. That's the one I'm going well, And you're the one jogging out to the fight? I, I'm the guy in the dugout going, oh, man, did you see that? I No, I yeah. I admit I'm a baby. In, in the big junior jazz brawl we got in at 18 years old, I was the guy pulling people away. You weren't really. I would, was, no, I would have guessed you'd be the guy on the bottom. No, actually, I was actually pulling people away. Um, but the funny thing is, I mean, that's a true on true story. We got yeah. kicked out of junior jazz when we were eighteen. <laughs> it was, and that that was a crazy fight too. Um, but they actually ended up pressing charges on one of my friends. Really? Because um, it, it was it was a pretty brutal fight. Um, but the funny thing is, is when they got into court, um, he my friend was seventeen and everybody else was eighteen. So they sued. Him and lost when he was underage for assault on a minor. Huh. It was the weirdest thing ever, seriously, that they couldn't do the research and find out that he was a month away from his 18th birthday, so them punching him was actually assault on a minor. And so oh. they sued for their damage because one kid got pretty pretty mixed up. Well, was it just a, uh, just a fist fight? Yeah, it was, it was. How did it start? What was it over? Yeah. Uh, just, uh, just the heat of the game. Um, a, a loose I mean, elbow caught somebody. There, there was a You're guy. A sports reporter, walk us through. <laughs> there was at the stage. There was a guy on the other team that was. Was he a goon? Uh, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, that's. We aren't, that's we aren't going to use names, so no. You're okay. Yeah, no. That's that's the best best description of it. Is is a, he was a guy that was just throwing elbows okay. in, in the post and always just, um, you know, getting in people's faces. And it's junior yeah. jazz, and um, we're blowing him out, and so he's getting a little bit more frustrated, and then, um. At halftime, he walks up to my friend's um, dad and an call, adult, an adult, yeah, okay. who was a co- who was our coach. Okay, okay. Um, walks up to him and calls him some slur. Oh, and, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, calls him a slur, and my friend lo- lost it just instantly. He's he's the one who started it. So there's he's defending no, his dad. There's no, yeah. He's defending no, his dad's honor. And yeah. So he comes out and throws a haymaker to yeah. the back of the head and, or something like that. And then then all hell just broke loose. I mean, wow. people were hiding behind garbage cans. <laughs> That's uh, me. <laughs> I got behind the garbage can. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, one guy uh, ended up having to get his teeth repaired because he, he got a lot of teeth just clobbered wow. in the job. The guy who started the one yeah. who said something? Yeah, the one who, oh. who, who started it ended wow. up having uh, 
having a long I'm not time f- sipping through straws. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> as familiar. It, it was it was a sk- I'm I'm you know obviously we're talking about it now, but it yeah. was it was not a cool thing. Yeah. Oh, I'm no, not, no, I'm no, not bragging no, about it no, or anything, yeah. but yeah, it was it was an interesting way to end my junior jazz season. <laughs> <laughs> Did you play basketball at high school here in Utah? Yeah, I Where'd did. You, what school did you go to? I went to Alta. You went to Alta? Yeah. Uh-huh. So I played football there. Um, and then uh, I played as a sophomore. And then I I didn't like playing defense. I never I never liked playing defense. In basketball? Yeah, in basketball. Yeah, who does? Um, you know, I could score in a hurry. Uh-huh. Um, I, I dropped uh, – true story, true story. I dropped uh, 40 points against Olympus playing on varsity in a spring game. Um, but I probably gave up 40. <laughs> so I, I could score. I could score, but um, – What did you play, the uh, the three, the five? Yeah, I was a three. You were a three? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Kind of a hybrid four. When you uh, went to school to you, was it hard uh, retiring as an athlete? Football, definitely. It was it was hard, but I'm glad I, – glad I, I'm glad I did because my body hurts already, and I'm yeah. only 25, but – um, basketball, obviously, I, I gave it up for a reason. But football, even even now, watching some of the games, I, I miss playing. Yeah. Do you ever? It's when you're because uh, right now you're uh, one of the correspondents for the Trib, doing uh, a lot of prep sports and stuff, and you cover these football games. I mean, you, you're not that far removed from it. You're seven, eight years removed mm-hmm. from playing high school football. Is it? Is it the back of your head when you're asking these questions, thinking like, "Oh boy, you guys better appreciate every down, every oh, single absolutely. set, every uh, quarter." And and that's what I love about covering prep sports uh-huh. is because those kids really are into the moment. If you interview some of the professional athletes or college athletes and whatnot, some of them are kind of removed and and kind of approach it as a business for mm-hmm. college, especially in pros. Obviously, yeah. they do. Yeah. But when you interview prep athletes, it's the world to them. Uh, yeah, that I, I that moment in their lives is everything, and yeah. they can't see the future or anything like that. And so it really is a huge moment for them to be playing prep sports. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what's gratifying about play, uh, interviewing mm-hmm. these kids and and getting them getting to know them. But kind of going back to what you were saying, um, yeah, um, you gotta appreciate it, and it goes by so quickly. And I've I've been covering preps here for coming up on seven years now and mm. I always bring out the the championship ring mm. um that I won for football and I wore it on the state championship yep. day yeah and he's seen it and yep. so it's just kind of a tradition because you never graduate in a way you never yeah, yeah. do it's I, I always love the the freshmen in high school who uh, you know a really good athlete and helps their team win a big game and they always say, this is the greatest mo- time of my life. This is the greatest moment ever in my life. I'm like, you're 14. Yeah. You have no idea. <laughs> None. Uh, trust me. You're going to have some good ones. This, this, you'll be lucky if it cracks the top 20. But yeah, it, it, I don't you're right. Know. They always are. I don't know. Winning that state championship is going to be a big moment yes. for me for the rest yes. of my life. And yes. I, I still talk about it. Yeah. And, and I still. And you're not an Uncle Rico about it. No, you know, you know, no, I'm no, not. No, you've moved on. Yeah. But it's still it's a fun highlight. To, it's fun to reminisce about it. And to, and especially when I run into old teammates that I haven't oh, seen yeah. in a couple of years, it's like, yeah. we really <laughs> smoked Taylorsville. <laughs> <laughs> they were terrible. <laughs> you know? So it was, was kind of like that. You know, I, uh, I, I covered almost uh, girls' soccer exclusively in the fall. And uh, what's wonderful about them is that, you know, you get. I think they have a really, I think they have a really good perspective of where they are in this time and place, and that they all have an eye towards college, which is really weird because when I think about the kids I went to high school with, not everybody was eyeing the next level academically. Uh, the second part about it is that they are so quick to thank their teammates and coaches and their uh, their comp team. You know, it's like it's they're, they're, they diffuse the compliments so quickly that you're just like, why is not everybody this humble? You know, and then sometimes you even have to sort of draw out like. What exactly? How are you feeling? You know, and after you get through the first fifteen or sixteen awesomes, because that seems to be <laughs> that's the code word for a really good game. It's awesome, this awesome that. But you find out it's like these are the these are the good citizens. Like these are the kids that you want to be around and associated with. And that's when it's kind of fun to work for the Tribune and write these stories. You know, and kind of give them a chance. Uh, was there any kids that kind of stood out for you uh, today uh, during this last season covering football or? Well, you got to remember, I was in Idaho for yeah. a lot of that. Okay. So I, I um, for for basketball. Um, yeah, well, yeah, definitely basketball. So, so for basketball right now, um, f- of last season. Yeah, any season, yeah. Um, well, speaking of last season, would probably be Sam Merrill. 
I mean, that guy was was a phenomenal quote. He was a good guy, great athlete. Um, I, I really enjoyed talking to him. Uh, I thought T.J. Haas was a was an incredible competitor. Um, Football-wise, um, Christian Falau is an impressive human being yeah. for for East High School. Um, you know, he lives out in the in the Glendale area. Um, he he lives with his mother, mm-hmm. um, and you know, really smart guy who originally committed to Stanford had a little bit of a trouble getting his ACT up, so he he, he actually actually didn't qualify to get into Stanford. So now he's opened up his recruiting, but for a guy that um, doesn't have a lot of um, material possessions. Mm-hmm. He, he, he has his priorities straight. And when I originally, you know, talked to him extensively is when he was committed to Stanford. And the reason why he committed to Stanford is because he wanted to get an education and, and end up helping his mother, who, who's, who's had a hard, hard time, obviously, and so pro- to give that money back to her and, yeah, yeah. and support her. And for so that was last year. So for a 17, 16-year-old kid to have that perspective is impressive that kind of maturity as well yeah you know it's sort of the foresight to know that a Stanford degree goes pretty far you know when you're 27 plus you know like it can open a lot more doors for you I I always say you're one injury away from being a past superstar yeah but 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 education can take you anywhere right and so athletes need to realize that that it really is student athlete that if you can prepare and educate so no, I'm sorry to I cut you off, but this is something we, I, 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 we talk about on the podcast a lot. It's like uh, about compensating athletes for going to school. I mean, do you, from where you're sitting now, do you think uh, the players, outside of likeness, because I, I think we can all agree that when you're using a player's likeness in jersey, that they probably should get at least a percentage of the revenue generated from the video games or the jersey sales and stuff like that. But is the, benef- uh, is the benefit of earning a scholarship to go to Stanford or the U or any other uh, school is that at the end of the after after four years you get a college degree? This I go back and forth on this. I have really mixed emotions about it. Um, obviously, getting that f- free education is huge. Um, that I mean, that's just just going back to, to to my education. I mean, that's thousands and thousands of dollars that yeah. for and everything. But, um, I don't want to take amateurism out of college sports. Okay. That, I think that's really important. So actually paying them consistently, I'm, I don't necessarily agree with. But I, I love how the NCAA has now allowed every player to have unlimited meals. Um, I think that was right. a big step, especially considering they were only getting three meals a day and the same portions for a quarterback for an offensive lineman didn't make sense. <laughs> and so those offensive linemen who need more – uh, nourishment, subsidence, subsidence yeah, right. yes, were going on one one bowl of spaghetti or a, a small portion of it. Um, I mean, Oklahoma had three players get uh, a minor violation for having an extra scoop of pasta. I mean, seriously, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I I I think they're kind of moving in the direction to help um, college athletes. Uh, you know, maybe give them a little bit of money. Um, to work with and to and it could also be a, a learning technique that you can teach them to budget that yeah, um you know and plan ahead um but these kids they're going to they're practicing 37 hours a week going to school 40 hours a week you can't get a job so how are you going to go on a date right yeah right Sometimes it's really nice to just go out and see a movie. Yeah, yeah. and and they're not allowed to do that. Right. And and so right. you gotta help them because yeah. it, life cannot just be all about sports and school. Or no. you or you that passion for it is going to go down. Mm-hmm. You can't have all your attention focused on to, on to two things because you can't keep that passion. And it's like I don't think a lot of kids. I think that focus is really hard because, you know, uh, I think all three of our college experiences might mirror each other a little bit more than any of the kids who are going to the U. It's like we had free time chances to get uh, part-time jobs, you know, opportunities yep. to take weekends off, you know, uh, not having someone breathing down your neck the entire time outside of maybe a professor, an RA of sorts. And, and I, I'm with you. I love the amateurism of the sports. It's like I love the idea that it's almost like there's a purity to it, you know, but it just seems like when you look at uh, what the NCAA, they uh, I was looking this up. It's $1.2 billion in revenue they made last year. You know, and it's like, 
basically, this is just a, a union that's uh, organized every single other colleges for that. And I know it gets dispersed and stuff like that, but that's a huge uh, piece of apple pie that could be broken up a little bit. You can't have the all-seeing eye, the, yeah. the power of that gets all, that makes all the choices. Somebody has to be watching the NCAA. The NCAA can't just watch everybody else. And so that's why, you know, I, I completely agree with that. Why is the NCAA getting $1.25 billion yeah. in revenue? Mm-hmm. And uh, what was the guard's name for UConn when they won it all? Oh. Uh, Shabazz Napier. Yeah. yeah. He said he was hungry playing in that game. He was starving. And so a, a guy who's playing in the national championship is starving, and they're making $1.25 billion. I mean, well, it's, it's just this. Yeah. There's, there was also the Rick Majerus story about when, uh, was it Van Horn? Was yeah. it Keith Van, Van Horn? Horn? And when, it, like when his father passed father away. Passed, he takes him out for donuts or pizza. pancakes or pizza. Yeah. Or, yeah. or something. But he, I mean, he's taking a kid out. He lost his dad. And then they, this comes a, an NCAA violation. Yeah. It's like, it's a, where's the line drawn on that? It's like you want these people to be uh, pseudo-parent figures and father figures for him. And then when the actual dad dies, you can't you know buy him a piece of pizza. At, at the same time, these, these guys are human beings. Yeah. <laughs> Have it, going out to lunch, um, I've had... I've bought lunch for many a people, and many a people have bought me lunch. Yeah. I mean, it's it's part of being a human being and socializing. So, yeah. Yeah. I I don't understand how that could ever be a violation. Well, maybe that's what Bronco was talking about. He's got an anger issue because everyone's starving. You know, not anymore <laughs> now that they have those unlimited meals. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. What are you? Uh, how's how's the basketball season shaping up so far here in the state? There's so much parity. I can't remember uh, a season going into it where I really don't think there's a front runner other than maybe Juan Diego in 3A, I think is the clear best team in 3A. Um, Wasatch Academy is no longer in 2A. They're playing an independent schedule. Lone Peak, you got to consider them until somebody knocks them off a favorite, but they they have two great guards, mm-hmm. but not a post player like they've had. Yeah. And they've never, you know, other than Eric Mika, they've never really had a dominant post player. But they had players that stepped up in big moments, like Chase Hansen had yeah. several huge offensive rebounds at certain points. The guy they have now is Nick Curtis, who's a good player too, but you've got to wonder, you know, how far – Lone Peak will go as far as Frank Jackson and Christian Popola will take them, yeah. which could be pretty far. Yeah. yeah. Um, if I have to go, if I have to pick a guy, <laughs> I think Frank's okay. Yeah, I, he's, I, he's, he's, he's okay. Um, but Bingham, I really like Bingham. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, especially in high school, basketball is a guard-dominated game, and they have a great front court, uh, Jared Holman, uh, Josh Newbold, and Yoli Childs. Um, but those guards need to be able to distribute those possessions down to the post. And when Bingham lost to Leighton, I, he- I heard Yoli had only five shot attempts. And that's for a, a guy who's that – I don't know if either of you have seen him play, yeah. but he is just a, an absolute monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 4A is even better. Uh, you got Olympus. Uh, Jake Lindsay is a, is a phenomenal scorer. And then the two northern teams, Logan and Skyview – are going to challenge a lot of guys. Yeah. Um, Timfew is really athletic. Um, Gavin Baxter. Um, and then Maple Mountain is strangely – strangely is the only word I can think of because when you look at them, you would think, no, uh, no so, way. But uh, yeah. they're so fast. That, and they all fi- – they, they basically have five guards. Okay. Um, but only one of them is really great at ball handling. Um, when, I, when I watched them – uh, against Lehigh, uh-huh. uh, this Jake Dixon. Uh, he's not going to get a lot of publicity, but this guy is is fun to watch. He's a, he's like a little pinball going back and <laughs> forth, always in passing lanes. And when he fouled out with five minutes to go is when Lehigh was able to to make that run. Um, in fi- going back to 5A, though, um, Region 4 is, is nuts. Uh, off the top of my head, I think Region 4 teams are 39-8 and eight this season with three of those losses the out-of-state teams from Lone Peak. So the 39-5 and five wow. in one region. That's insane. Yeah. So back to the parody, it's just uh, who do you think, if you had to do some spitballing, who's going to be hoisting the trophy at this point? Or is it just, it's, it, it could be anybody. It, it really could be anybody. My, my two front runners um, in, in 5A would be Lone Peak and Bingham. Mm-hmm. Uh, 4A, 
I like I like Logan and I like Olympus. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there's a have lot. Have you had of a chance to go to the new Olympus Stadium yet? Or? No, I haven't. I I, I haven't covered. I've seen it, but I haven't I haven't covered a game at Olympus yet. But yeah. that that jumbotron is pretty impressive. <laughs> it was. I was. Uh, I, I forget who's the coach of Olympus. Uh, Barnes, Matt, 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 Matt Barnes. Yeah, yeah, I remember I was talking to him uh, about like doing uh, girls basketball story last year, and uh, we were talking about the old gym and the new gym. And I love the old gym because it's the only one that looks like it was. They 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 shot the movie Hoosiers in it. You know, it was a great gym. And you step foot into their new arena. It's it's arena. It's yeah. literally an arena. You know, it's 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 mind boggling. It's it's ten times nicer than my college, much less you know what I went to high school. Have, have you seen American Forks, Jim? No, I have not. That is a spectacle. That is really, <laughs> is really nice. What well, is it? Just uh, big, do they have the jumbotron and all? Well, they don't have a jumbotron like Olympus, yeah. but just the facility itself mm-hmm. is just it's it's a field house that's yeah. basically kind of its own entity uh, away from the the rest of the school, um, and it it is nice. Not and, the, but not and you got to compare it to the old American Fork yeah, yeah, too yeah. that had. They had the old the walls uh, the walls that would move and yeah then, and <laughs> going in there no and it, it was like you were literally sitting on the court while you were watching the game mm-hmm. and, and there was a bad seat in every place in the house except yeah. for the <laughs> and I mean, American Fork is where we did tuba tuba watches where that started is that where that's that where it started because uh, it was a blowout girls game and I remember watching these tuba players uh, American Fork is on the losing end of this and then the tuba players man alive did they just keep it going <laughs> boom 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 that's <laughs> Uh, not that you would know this. Uh, how do, is that just private donations that pay for these arenas? Most of them. Most of them? Yeah. Uh-huh. So old alumni and just city, civic yes. leaders and stuff uh-huh. like that? Okay. Um, like like Bingham's scoreboard in football was, was basically one donor, yeah. to, to, my, to my knowledge. Um, speaking of Bingham, that game on Saturday um, in, the, in Florida, that uh, Burger King showdown yeah. or whatnot, what do you guys think about that? Booker T. Washington has won 40 straight games. Yeah, and it's gonna be tough to get forty-one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's it's always I I really like those kind of games because it, it does give you it, it gives you some perspective on where Utah stands high school football wise against other teams in the country because and and there's been a fair amount written about how Utah has kind of become a a, a high a school sleeper football school. power and how you you really need to you can't recruiters can't ignore. Utah schools and, you know, stories like that. Like, when you start talking to national recruiters, well, they're never going to be like, look, man, Utah stinks. They're always going to be like, yeah. oh, yeah, you, you got to. So then games like this actually give you some an idea of, are Utah schools really competitive? Even if Bingham doesn't win but is re- is really competitive in the game, then you're like. It's like yeah. what they did against Bishop Gorman in exactly. Nevada. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and last year when they went over to Colorado and they beat the the top Baylor team Christian, over there. right? In yeah. um, on a field goal at the end, I think. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, or, or it might have been overtime. I, I don't remember mm-hmm. for sure, but you know, games like that where you're seeing it gives you a gauge of well, where does Utah really stand nationally with their high school football? Bingham is the class of Utah. It, it's a top program. Except for in 2007. <sighs> you played Taylorsville. <laughs> okay. um, but, you know, it, it's – that's the gold standard, you know, over time. Over time, Trevor, over time. <laughs> I would agree um, with that. And so it, it, does, it gives you a chance to see. And, and I think it's cool. I, I think it's good. It's good for the kids too, you know. Get a chance to go somewhere and play another game and have fun. Well, uh, comparing uh, Idaho uh, sports to Utah sports, where how what's the big difference you see between the two of them? Depth. There's yeah. there's a lot more depth um, in Utah. Idaho has a couple players that are, that are really good. There's this Tariq Littlejohn who played for Capital, uh-huh. which is right in the center of Boise, and he was a great player. I'm sorry, what sport is this? Uh, this is football. Okay, sorry. Okay. So, uh, and he's going to go play. I think he's going to Montana. Don't oh. quote me on that. Um, but he he was a he was a great player and he dominated in Idaho. Um, Tristan Hodge um, in Pocatello went to Highland. Um, he's going to Notre Dame and they consider him the best center in in the nation. So they have players dispersed around the state. But as a full team, there's so much more depth. In so Utah. if we were to take the 22 best players here in Utah and play against the 22 best in Idaho, Utah would probably run over them. Yeah, I I would. I'd have no doubt in my mind on that one. How about basketball? Is it 
it's just the same, same thing. Same thing, depth. Yeah, depth. I mean, I, it's a lower population. Right. Mm-hmm. For me, having – I've covered high school football in Wisconsin, Texas, Missouri, Utah. The, I think the Utah – what stands out to me about Utah is the the level of offense that's played. It's – for the most part – and, of course, you're generalizing a little bit, but it's a much higher level and more sophisticated offense. Um, in Wisconsin, it was a lot of power running. Um you, you got behind the, Tailback. the boys who lived on the farm who played <laughs> offensive oh. line, and you just <laughs> ran behind them. Um, in Texas, it was uh, it was a little bit more – there was a little bit more speed. And I wasn't covering the, the biggest schools. I was actually covering smaller schools, um, which, again, it gets into the depth. But the, the sophistication of the offense wasn't there. Um, Missouri, defense, it was more – Defense kind of led the way more in Missouri, and, and there, I mean, there were there were guys who were in the NFL now, um, play, who I saw play in high school, like Coney Ealy. Um, I saw him play in high school. Um, he's in the NFL now. So it wasn't that the skill wasn't there, but the offense wasn't as sophisticated. the The, the passing game wasn't as developed. Um, you know, a quarterback, he could he'd complete passes, but it wasn't. He, I, I go back to last year, the three AA uh, state semifinals at uh, Rice-Eccles, and Cody Willstead throwing off of his back foot from about his own 45. To beat Juan Diego. A, yeah. Well, no, it was the end of the first half where he hit the kid in the hands in the end zone and the kid oh, dropped yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, it was I, – I, I couldn't believe it. And I was sitting next to Kirk Cragthorpe, and Kirk's, Kirk goes, that's probably the best throw I've ever seen. I mean – this was a high school junior who threw off of his back foot in wind that was would have blown most people over, and he just launched. And then, yeah, and then he goes and leads the winning drive against Juan Diego with a, a couple of just unbelievable passes. It, it, it's more the sophistication of the passing game that stands out to me about Utah. Now, Bingham doesn't do that as much. Yeah, but you look at Jordan, uh, exactly. Logan, Timfew. Yep. Yep. Their quarterbacks and receivers are breaking national records. Yeah, oh, yeah. National records. I mean, Logan uh, – you, you look at, well, Luke Falk, mm-hmm. who went up and did crazy things once he got the chance up at Washington State when their quarterback got hurt. Um, last year, his um, uh, the other Riley. DJ? One of the Riley. Yeah, yeah whichever yeah. Riley it oh, was. Oh, Chase, DJ, and uh, Riley. Right. That all th- well, all three of them all had three great them. careers up yeah. there at Logan, just throwing the ball all over the place. and. To see, you look at the routes that the receivers are running, they're much crisper. Uh, you see guys who look like receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't see that as much in the other three states where I covered prep football. Do you think uh, you – so is Utah more of a football or a basketball school? And having the perspective of coming back here, is it always going to be a football place? I, I, I've always felt Utah has always been a basketball okay. state, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Um, but I think steadily football is starting yeah. to overtake basketball. But if you look at the Jazz and um, just, you know, Utah basketball history and then BYU basketball history, it's it's always, I felt, kind of gravitated towards basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, but as within the last decade or so, football is, is just so popular, and it, it's hard to compete with that. Um, I've seen a couple – state championship games or semifinal games uh like when uh davis and lone peak met with tyler haas was still there uh the huntsman was basically sold out for that mm. game so that's fifteen thousand for a basketball game yeah. um but you look at some of the the football games up at rice eccles you get over twenty thousand people at those games and for a high school event yeah. that is impressive mm-hmm. yeah. it, it just looks so small because the stadium's so yeah. big but if but, you fill both yeah. those sides up right, exactly. that's a lot of people yeah yeah, I uh, it was a couple years ago when Skyview played Logan for the 4A title up at Weaver State, and th- that place was pretty much full. That it, it's it, that's when it's fun. Um, oh yeah, the Lone Peak game when they played um, Brighton and held onto the ball, mm-hmm. that place was pretty much packed. That th- it's that atmosphere, and and I think that that kind of feeds into that basketball school because when the stadium's full, it everyone's yelling and screaming and. You can uh, feel the energy a right, lot more, right? But I, you're gain, you're you're getting that much, if not more, for football too. It's just it doesn't. The energy is a little bit different because the stadium's so big. 
which I've always kind of thought it would be interesting to see a game at Rio Tinto where it's full for like a championship game there. I know that it's a soccer fun. field, yeah. so it's a little bit different. Um, they, they moved the black and blue classic there, but it was kind of on its way down anyway. And yeah. Nobody really showed up, and it it was actually kind of depressing to watch, because yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there was nobody there. <laughs> That's a, that is a big, big old stadium. I I was uh, I think it was, I'm trying to remember, why well, cut when it was uh, it was Roland Hall and Waterford playing in the two way yeah. championship, and you look out there and, and you see maybe 25 fans on both sides, and but that, they're diehards, dude. Yeah. Oh, they are, they are <laughs> hardcore. Yeah, you know, it, it definitely when you fill those places up, it has a lot of energy. All right, well, we're running well, We're running out to, towards the end of this. So uh, Trevor Phibbs, uh, give me some information on him. He's at T-R-E-V-O-R-P-H-I-B-B-S. Uh, he's going to be doing a heck of a lot more correspondence with us uh, for the prep side on that. Follow him on Twitter. He, if, if you've been listening up to the 51-minute mark on this, you clearly know he knows his stuff on this, so give him a follow. Uh, Kaywin Mo, I'm Ben Raskin, and um, – Follow the show at Trib Sports Radio, and uh, that's that. Uh, we'll be. Don't forget about the rating. You all, you always have to. Well, I was getting to the okay. iTunes part, and so uh, <laughs> per our tacit agreement, uh, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes or follow us on sltrib.com. And while you're there, give us a five star rating, and then kill us in the comment section. And uh, clearly, I can't pronounce anything. That's why I'm best suited to host this show. Anyway, have a very, very merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks for listening. Take care. <laughs> For Tribune Sports Radio, this is Ben Raskin. Our weekly podcast is recorded every Tuesday. Subscribe to the show on iTunes at Trib Sports Radio. And while you're there, please rate the show and give us some comments to help improve the podcast. All of our reporters' work can be found at sltrib.com. Please follow us on Twitter at Trib Sports Radio. Tweet us questions and the fellows will be happy to answer them. Or if you feel like writing an email, send it to Tribune Sports Radio, all one word, at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs>